When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. You can call me either. And I just want to say, happy Rings of Power, day week i'm recording this the day after the night that the rings of power came out and normally i don't do a little intro like this to my episodes but i thought this would be uh, worth doing it would make sense i've been debating what to record right now for a while because there are some options right the rings of power are out do i review the first episode does that put me on a pace where now i have to review an episode a week for weeks to come and the story as i was explaining it gets put on pause or do i continue with the story and the details and save my thoughts and reviews for the bonus episodes so i've been thinking about this a lot i think the main reason that most of you tune into this show is for the story it's, it would be interesting maybe to hear my opinions about the Rings of Power show and, and maybe a deeper explanation of some of the stuff that goes on there. But I don't think that's the main reason you're here. So in today's episode, I will continue our story with the beginning of the story of Baron and Luthien, which is one of my favorites. I think this story is is awesome. It's going to bring together many different aspects of things that you've already heard about on this show and that we've talked about already. And I'll point those out as we go. So that's where we're going. We're continuing the story. If you are interested in my thoughts on the rings of power, then I'm saving those for the bonus episodes where I'm going to go into kind of an overview and um, well, I'm not going to go into the details. I'm not going to get super deep on the details. I'm just going to give you kind of overall impressions and opinions about the first and maybe the second episode. And then we'll see, maybe I'll continue doing those on the bonus episodes. Um, I might save a deeper look and references to the events of the rings of power when we get to the second age, because I think that's going to line up better. And maybe I'll be drawing those connections during the main episodes of the show. There's a lot we can do. There's a lot going on. I'm just trying to figure it all out and make sure that you guys still enjoy the show and that there's awesome content to make. So if you have been watching the rings of power and you're not worried about spoilers for that show and you want to hear my opinion about it, that's in the bonus episodes on the Patreon. You can sign up and join in order to check those out and heck bonus episodes on every episode that has come out so far. So lots of extra content over there on patreon.com slash L O T R Lorecast. All right, let's get into the story of Baron and Luthien. I've been waiting a long time to dive into this. Here we go. 
As with any great protagonist, you need to have some understanding of where they came from, especially when it comes to Tolkien's works, because as we know, every character is the son of so-and-so or comes from this land and that's important. The same thing applies here for Baron, because we start with Baron's line and ancestry and the events of the mortal men, the line of Barahir, who we've talked about before. Remember, we talked about Barahir and the ring of Barahir and how he acquired that ring. It was the ring of Finrod Feligand, and there's a whole section that we go into that on a previous episode. So with all of that in mind, the focus now is back to the people of Bear here. And if you recall from the other episode where we talked about what happened to the to the humans, to the to the men of the north as Morgoth's forces now encroached in their homelands, we have the the people of Bear here, a dozen individuals, 12 companions and their lord fighting for survival and for their homelands in the forest of Dorthonian, they were like a thorn in Morgoth's side that he could not remove. He couldn't get rid of them. And it didn't make sense to him. You can see that this would be very frustrating to somebody like Morgoth, somebody who commands massive armies, who's taken on the Noldorian elves. And yet this band of a dozen plus one men are able to hold out in a forest and fight against his orcs. And in fact, they're very difficult to pin down. He can't seem to figure out where exactly they are in this forest at any time. And there's a reason for that. We're told of a lake, Tarn Iluin. This lake is hidden in the mountainous moors. It's surrounded by wild heaths, and there's no path to it. The area is extremely untamed. And this is where they would set up camp. This area was special in a way that so many other places in Middle-earth were special. It's said that the lake was clear and blue by day, and by night, It was a mirror for the stars. The rumor was that Melian herself had hallowed that water in the days of old. And this is a reference here. This is the first time we're getting a reference. And as with all of Tolkien's works, you guys are familiar with this now. There are references from one thing to another. There are themes and themes are extremely important. Melian, the Maya, is the one who is maintaining the girdle of Melian that hides Doriath. And this story inevitably heads there, but we're not there yet. Before that even happens, this kind of mini girdle, you could say, was hiding Lake Tarn Iluin from the eyes of Morgoth. In order for this band of a dozen plus one to fight and find safety at night. But not everything works out. There's tragedy. There's almost always tragedy in these stories. We learn about a man named Gorlim, son of Angrim. He's one of Berhir's people and a member of the Twelve, the Twelve remaining men 
standing against Morgoth in their homelands. One of the reasons why he decided to stay and fight is because at the beginning of the battle, the Battle of Sudden Flame, he lost his wife, Ailinel. He didn't know where she ended up. He left his home to go fight, and during the time that he was away, his house was plundered. His wife, potentially taken or slain, he didn't know. All he knew is that when he returned, she was not there, and the house was ransacked. We're told that Bear here took him in as one of this group of companions, the group of 12, and specifically, he was the most fierce and the most desperate of the group. Gorlim was angry at Morgoth and the orcs, and he fought hard, but deep down in his heart, he wondered if Ilanel's body was somewhere to be found, or better yet, or maybe worse yet, was she alive? Was she captured and being tortured? And so he made a habit of returning to his home just to see if she would be there, to see if she would show up. Kind of like a hope without a hope, right? He knew that it was a long shot. And if she still existed somewhere, then she was probably captured by the enemy, which means that she probably couldn't leave, but it was the one place he could go to remember her and to act on this hope. And the servants of Morgoth were becoming desperate with how to handle this band of men because they were very successful in what they were doing, at least holding out in their own homelands and being unable to be taken or captured or killed. So they devised interesting plans and ways of handling them. It it became known, they started to notice, that Gorlim would return to this home. And so they set a trap. One evening, we're told in the autumn, in the dusk of evening, Gorlim returned to the house. And this time, he thought he saw a light in a window. And very warily, he approached the house and he looked inside and there he saw Ilanel, her face worn with grief and hunger. And it says in the Silmarillion, it seemed to him that he heard her voice lamenting that he had forsaken her. But even as he cried aloud, the light was blown out in the window. Wolves howled, and on his shoulders he felt suddenly the heavy hands of Sauron's hunters. Sauron himself had taken up the hunting of Barahir's men. Gorlim is captured. He's brought to their camp, the camp that the servants, the orcs, we're assuming here, have placed in the forest in order to fight against Barahir's men. And there he is tormented. That is the word used. I assume that means tortured. Because they're seeking to learn the ways of bear here and where they're actually camped out and how to how to remove them from this forest but at this point gorlim would not give in he did not yield he was able to hold out for a time but eventually the pain 
And we're told that the yearning for his wife, the hope that she might still be alive, and yet the pain that that brought as well, those two things made him falter. And in this moment, Sauron's forces brought him directly to Sauron. Remember, Sauron at this point has a fortress that he's taken that is closer to these realms than the far away fortress of Angband where Morgoth is. Sauron is leading the forward push into these enemies' lands. And Sauron himself brings Gorlim in front of him. And he says, I hear now that thou wouldst barter with me. What is thy price? And Gorlim answers that he is willing to tell Sauron about Barahir and his people. And in return, Ilanel is set free, that he would find her again, and she would be set free. Sauron smiles, and he says, That is a small price for such a great treachery. So shall it surely be. Say on. Sauron is all in, and he's like, Wow, that that wasn't that hard. Now, in the text it says, Now Gorlim would have drawn back, but daunted by the eyes of Sauron, he told at last all that he would know. Then Sauron laughed, and he mocked Gorlim, and revealed to him that he had only seen a phantom devised by wizardry to entrap him. And Ilanel was dead. Nonetheless, I will grant thy prayer, said Sauron. And thou shalt go to Ilanel and be set free of my service. And then he put him cruelly to death. So in mockery, he grants Gorlim's wish with death. And he gets everything he wants. Sauron now knows where Berahir and Berahir's men are. And what he needs to do to get rid of them. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like a 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and I need to thank our patrons, read out some reviews. But before we do that, I just wanted to say that 
this version of the story of Baron and Luthien is one of many. This is something that Tolkien did all the time, is that he would write things and then he would revise them and then he would write them again from the beginning and then revise them again. This is the version from the Silmarillion, which was, of course, pieced together by Christopher Tolkien years before the release of the actual book of Baron and Luthien. And in that book, we get an earlier version. We get other perspectives on this story. This story also exists in other places as well. So if there are inconsistencies with your understanding of the story, because you may have heard it from another place, then don't worry. Don't worry. We'll, we'll address some of the other variations and versions on a future episode. But for right now, I want to summarize what's in the Silmarillion. Because this is the version that was, I guess you could say, canonized at the release of this work. So just wanted to make that stuff clear. A lot of this stuff can get a little fuzzy and confusing. And then, of course, when you're somebody who does a lore podcast, you get people writing you and saying, well, I really enjoy the show. But what about this point about this thing? And it's like, uh, yeah, I, I understand. But I just want to make it clear like this is not a an overview of every version and where they are similar and different because that would be that would be crazy i would have to become christopher tolkien himself and i'm not nearly that talented so this is just a recap of the version in the silmarillion so just wanted to make that clear but uh let's move on we've got patrons to thank in fact we have a whole bunch of patrons you guys are amazing holy moly almost every day we get another person signing up and this just floors me every time so here let's let's shout out the new ones we've got uh twain s jade carl olav l christian m c somebody who just goes by the letter c and mitchell l welcome to the patreon thank you for being here you guys are amazing. Thank you for your support. That brings us to a total of 44 patrons. Oh my gosh. 44 of you guys. And the current tier uh, VIP patrons, we have to shout out as well. That's Brad C, Chris D, Esoteric Rage, and Larry. Thank you for your extra support. You guys are amazing. I hope you guys are all enjoying the bonus episodes, all the awesome stuff, getting episodes a day early everything else that goes with the Patreon. So if you are interested in getting that stuff and you're not there yet, then patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast is where you can go to check out all of that stuff. Also, we've got some new ratings and reviews to to read out. Um, I can't read out all the ratings, but I can read out the reviews with the five-star ratings. So if you are interested in getting your words on the show, then leaving five stars and some extra words on Apple Podcasts is a way to do that. Reminder, you don't have to use it as your primary source to listen to the show. As long as you have an account, you just search the show on there, log in, you can leave a rating and review. I'll read it out on a future episode. It helps the show a ton. Also, ratings on Spotify are wonderful. Here, let me try to get through these quickly because we've got a bunch of them. In fact, I just noticed three more pop up uh, today in my little notification thing. So here we go. We've got uh, Business IT Pro from the US who writes great work five stars I love the way you give incredibly detailed descriptions of Tolkien's beautiful world in a manageable and concise manner I feel like your sentence right there did exactly that as well uh, keep up the great work God bless you God bless you too, business IT pro thank you so much for taking the time to leave this then we have one from VH3X from Australia hey to our Aussie friends a fantastic podcast, five stars. What an amazing ride that Tom has taken me through. To all fans of Aya, 
Arda, Middle Earth, and Tolkien's work, this podcast is for you. Just like Tolkien has a magic about his words, Tom has a magic in his own right with the way he describes, puts forward, and invokes emotion relating to the ideas, concepts, and stories surrounding Tolkien's legendarium. Many thanks and keep up the amazing work. Wow, that was that's so kind of you. Thank you so much for saying that. Then we have one from Don G. Mester. I probably messed that up from uh, Denmark. I wonder if that's a foreign thing. I don't know. Um, Foreign to me thing, I guess. Fantastic. Five stars. I am super grateful that Spotify knew me well enough to suggest this podcast. Ten minutes later, I had subscribed to the Patreon. Welcome aboard. And uh, the bonus episodes are a delight and robots cuts the Silmarillion into manageable chunks and delivers it in an easy to understand and follow along way. This is definitely going to be useful for my one ring tabletop RPG games. All the best, man. That sounds awesome. That sounds that sounds great, dude. I wish somebody would run a one ring tabletop RPG game near me. Then we have, um, oh, thank you, Donji Mester, if I pronounce that right. Then we have JPC82 in the US who wrote, easily accessible and an enjoyable listen, five stars. Robots does a great job of making a difficult text like the Silmarillion, man, I messed that word up, easy to follow and enjoy. Highly recommended for any fans, any Tolkien fans looking to dig deeper into the lore. Thank you so much, JPC. Uh, uh, clearly, I'm not as good at saying words as I am at making text easy to understand. Then we have two more, two more coming in. Stoic Matt from the US writes, first review I've ever left. Five stars. Thank you for reigniting the interest my father bestowed unto me. He introduced me to the Jackson trilogy. Perfect movies, in my opinion. I've always been curious about the lore but could not bring myself to read the books. This is just what I was looking for. I listen at work. I couldn't ask for a better podcast in my daily lineup. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for leaving a review when you've never done one before. That's amazing. Then we have a last one from Jade of the Foxes. That's a cool name in the US who writes five stars isn't enough. I love Lord of the Rings and am ecstatic. I found this podcast. Dom Dom? Did I just call myself Dom? Tom does an amazing job explaining the lore and brings it to life with his fantastic storytelling ability. Highly recommended this wonderful podcast. And I think it's safe to say Tolkien would be proud, smiley face. Just wow. If if that were the case, I, I think I could die happy. That would be awesome. I, you know, I hope Tolkien would be proud. I hope out there somewhere. Tolkien, I hope you, uh, you're proud. Man, now now I'm got now I'm emotional. All right. Let's move on with the rest of the episode. So Sauron takes this knowledge he gains from Gorlim and acts on it immediately. We know that the orcs decide to attack in what are called the still hours before dawn in the darkness. They surprise bear here and the rest of the men and they kill them to a man. Well, all of them, except for one Baron bear son was out on a scouting mission. He had been sent by his father on what is called a perilous errand to spy on the ways of the enemy. He was far afield. He was actually about two days travel away from the camp. And although there's no way that he could have known 
that these events had happened. He was not there to experience it. He wasn't even within earshot to hear the combat or the the screams while they were murdered by the orcs. He did have a dream. The information still came to him in some way. The quote from the Silmarillion says, But as he slept benighted in the forest, he dreamt that carrion birds sat thick as leaves upon bare trees beside a mirror, and blood dripped from their beaks. Then Baron was aware in his dream of a form that came to him across the water, and it was a wraith of Gorlim. We talked about wraiths recently. This is another instance of a spirit that is not settled in death. And in this case, it comes to Baron in a dream, but it may have been real nonetheless. And Gorlam spoke to him, declaring his treachery and death, and bade him make haste to warn his father. Was this Gorlam's spirit seeking forgiveness for his deeds? Then Baron awoke and sped through the night and came back to the lair of the outlaws on the second morning. He got there as fast as he could. But as he drew near, the carrion birds rose from the ground, the very ones that he dreamed about, and sat in the alder trees beside Tarn Iluin and croaked in mockery. Baron spends the rest of the night burying his father's bones. He raises a carn of boulders above him and swears vengeance on the enemy. And he begins to pursue the orcs that killed his father and his friends. And some time goes by. We're not told exactly how much, but in this time, he becomes very good at being unseen in the wilderness and is able to track the orcs to their camp. And as he approaches the camp, he hears the orc captain making boasts of his deeds. And he sees him hold up Barahir's hand. The one that he cut off in order to take to Sauron himself as a token that their mission was fulfilled. And on that hand, he knows that it's Barahir's hand because he sees the ring, Finrod's ring, the ring of Barahir still on the finger. Baron springs from a rock, outright kills the captain and takes the hand and escapes. He gets back the ring of bear here, which is important because this ring makes its way, as I discussed on a previous episode, all the way through the line of men to Aragorn. From this moment to Aragorn is several thousand years picture that the orcs in this moment in the camp are so surprised by this that we're told that their arrows miss baron is able to retreat into the forest and from that moment on he lives for another four years of his life his young life he has just come to manhood as a solitary outlaw in the wilderness now tell me if this theme sounds familiar it says here He became the friend of birds and beasts. They aided him. They did not betray him. And from that time, he ate 
not flesh, nor slew any living thing that was not in the service of Morgoth. He did not fear death, but only captivity, and being bold and desperate, he escaped both death and bonds, and the deeds of lonely daring that he achieved were noised abroad through Beleriand, and the tale of them came even into Doriath. This idea of a man who spends years in the wild, learning to survive, becoming friend of beast and bird, doing deeds that gain renown in places of nobility. This sounds a lot like Aragorn. This sounds like the Rangers. This sounds like the very descendants of Baron and Berahir themselves, centuries, no, millennium later. And the theme of this, this idea that as characters become closer to nature, they become closer to maybe even the will of the Iluvatar. The good characters, the ones in Tolkien's works who are the most good, and I'm going to put that in quotes, maybe a capital G, the ones who act in ways for the benefit of others, the ones who are the most noble, even when they are out in the wilderness away from high nobility in cities and places of grandeur are the ones who are actually closest to nature. This is part of why the hobbits are described the way they are. This is also why Aragorn spends his time in the wild. This is also why many of the elves or dwarves live so close to nature, be it forests or caves, rather than putting themselves in man-made locations that separate themselves from nature. And it, I think there's a loop here. In being closer to nature, they themselves are also purified. That it's not like they choose nature because they are inherently good. It's that in being close to nature, there's also this effect where they are, in some ways, they become greater than they would have been if they did not spend their time in nature. It's an interesting occurrence that happens, or theme, I guess we could say. Now, after four years, Sauron has commanded many to hunt him down and put a price on his head that we're here is no less the price on Fingon, the, the king of the Noldor, on Fingon's head. Sauron wants Baron dead. He's evaded him for four more years. He's killing his orcs. And so Sauron commands armies of werewolves, fell beasts, and dreadful spirits to hunt him down. This drives Bear here from his home. And for the first time, he leaves. And he makes a journey across zones that are so dangerous, places where the children of Ungoliant live, desperate areas of rocky crags and spiders and darkness. And we're told that he barely makes his way through until one day he stumbles into Doriath, quote, gray and bowed as with many years of woe, 
So great had been the torment of the road. This is an event where he barely makes it to another place. And as we know, you don't enter into Doriath unwelcome. Men especially are not welcome here. And if you spend too much time, the girdle of Melian will confuse you. And in a state like this, where he barely survived the travel, the question would then be, how long does he have to live, not will he survive? And in that lowest of moments, he has no one left that he's cared about. He's all alone. He's beaten from the journey. In the evening, under moonrise, he stumbles upon the most beautiful thing that he's ever seen dancing under the starlight. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.